This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me interview some pretty amazing dope people. And this podcast is a blend of me talking to people, interviewing people, extracting all of the goodness and nuggets and finding some interesting articles and books and then sharing my thoughts or television shows, sharing my thoughts. But I'm doing something different this week. This week, I am on the other side of the microphone. So what you will be hearing over the next several podcasts is Karen Hunter, me being interviewed by other people, which is weird, or me on a stage giving a speech, which is also weird. These are not things that I'm comfortable doing. Um, most of the interviews you'll hear is with one of my favorite interviewees. Interview, is he an interviewer? No, he's an interviewer. Mr. Steve Adubato, uh, Jersey native, Newark native. Uh, he has interviewed me, I want to say, a half a dozen times, and I'm going to present the first one of the first interviews we did together. And why I'm bringing this? Because we're in an election cycle. And he and I, like we like to talk about politics and what's going on in the world. This first interview is from June 30th. 2016. This was before Donald J. Trump was elected president of these United States, and no one thought he was going to actually win. So we are having this conversation about what the possibilities are and where we think uh, this election is going to go. And I make a prediction in this one. I think a couple of them are making predictions in. All right. Well, stay tuned for this. Steve Adubato, June 30th, 2016. He and I chopping it up about what was going to come in November of 2016. And this podcast is brought to you by Ashford University. Because a lot of you are having dreams and goals and you're shifting where you want to be, but you need the skills to get there. And Ashford University will supply you with all of that. So your dreams can be even bigger when you have the skills to actually execute. Ashford University has online bachelor's and master's programs. They will allow you to learn on a convenient and flexible schedule at Ashford. Expert faculty will teach you real-world skills from real-world experience in online classes built for life's twists and turns, and you can learn from home, which is cool. Or if you're, you know, hanging out in different places, uh, quarantining, you can learn from wherever there's an Internet connection. So uh, pursue your degree in one of Ashford's 60 plus programs like business administration and healthcare administration with 24 seven access to your classroom, daily support, financial aid, Ashford will give you the tools you need to go from dreaming to doing. So your bigger future can start today at Ashford University. There are no fees to apply and no standardized testing is required to enroll. Go to ashford.edu slash Karen. That's ashford.edu slash K-A-R-E-N ashford.edu slash Karen. Not all programs are available in all states. Up next, my interview. Oh, not my interview. Me being interviewed by Steve Adubato. I hope you enjoy. You know, it's so interesting in this business. Uh, we, we have different people who come in here and, and we connect through the media business in one way or another. It's important to be good to each other when you get a chance to work together because uh, you got to stay in. You're not just saying you got to stay in this game and you got to be true to yourself. Talk about that. Because you're true to yourself all the time. I was listening yeah. to you the other day on Sirius. You know, I said, she is just always true I, to herself. I, I'm, I'm channeling a 99-year-old woman. You know, <laughs> when, you, when you get to that age where you don't care what people think and you don't care how people view you and you just are really authentically who you are, I'm 99 right now in my, in my spirit. You and look 28, uh, but go ahead. Thank you. I just had a birthday uh, recently. But, um, no, it, it's the toughest thing because you're going to run into people who want you to be X, Y, or Z. They want you to be less of this, more of that. Uh, you know, they want you to dress a certain way, talk a certain way, look a certain way. 
uh, don't say this, don't say that. I remember I did a pilot for one of these networks, and a friend of mine was in the room, and, and one of the producers said, oh, she's going to be trouble. We won't be able to control her. And, you know, when I thought about that, I'm like, why would you want to control somebody? It's a funny word. Yeah, who is bringing <clears throat> uh, a perspective to your airwaves that doesn't exist right now. Mm. So, you know, it was very clear early on that I would have to cut my own path to be where I am today. Describe that show. This show, the Karen yeah. Hunter show? Let everybody know. Ah, it is unfiltered, it is unapologetic, and it is all about empowering the people who listen to it. Uh, you know, I'm a teacher uh, at Heart. Yeah. I teach at Hunter College. I've been a professor there for the last 13 years, my goodness. I am getting old. No, Wait you're not. You're getting wiser. <laughs> I taught at NYU. I taught in Harlem, high school kids on Saturdays, and so that's my nature. So part, the, most of the show is about educating our audience in a way that's entertaining and, and also very, you know, thought-provoking at the same time. I just want people to get up from their seats mm -hmm. and their comfortable positions and do something. Karen, you and I have talked uh, on and off the air about race for a long time. We've co-hosted programming together. We've also been, uh, I remember last time we did something on MSNBC a while back. Um, I don't even know if I would call it a point-counterpoint, but we were on together. Are we getting any better at talking about and dealing with race? Any better? Uh, you know, I, I said oh, President Obama is like America's black light. You know, the black light that you call, you shine on the stuff to see where the filth mm. is, mm. you know, that you can't see with the naked eye. His, his presidency, his election, has shown America's filth that's underneath the surface that we couldn't see without the black light, and he's the black light. Uh, so are we getting better? I think we are forced into having these conversations, uh, which we weren't having before. We had President Obama. He's given, I think, three tremendous race um, speeches on the heels of Jeremiah Wright, most recently after the massacre in South Carolina. And uh, it is forcing us to have to look at ourselves as Americans to determine what we're going to be in the future. And I think it's an important dialogue that we have to have. We've never had it. So when, when our great friend uh, Tavis Smiley here in public broadcasting and, and, and Professor Cornell West and others challenge President Obama, mm -hmm. and argue that he hasn't done nearly enough right. for and in the African-American community, you say? I say, uh, A, they're not wrong, but I think their motives uh, can be questioned a little bit. Okay? Because I'm... he didn't show up to certain things? Yeah, or you, you know, it feels like... Is that inside yeah. baseball? I don't think any... I think people know that. I, okay, think, no, I don't no, think it's a secret. Who may not know that. Yeah, uh, yeah no, so, the, you know, they didn't get invited to, the, yeah, you know, right. being... You know, they weren't at the Super Bowl parties and stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. you don't think it's as intellectual no, it, or they, as rational? No, they have a point. You, okay. They have a valid point. But unfortunately, sometimes points get undermined when you don't deliver them properly or when they are couched in something that is, you know, unnecessary. So, so yeah, they have a valid point. But then I ask the question, who made them... Who made President Obama do something more? You know, and, and I challenge black, quote-unquote, I'm putting up air quotes, black leadership, you know? What has the NAACP demanded of President Barack Obama? What has the Urban League demanded of President Barack Obama? What has the National Action Network demanded of President Barack Obama? What has the uh, Rainbow Coalition demanded of President Barack Obama? You're talking about Barack Jesse Jackson, also? You're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. Al Sharpton. I'm trying not to do the name no, game. No, no, no. I know. Yeah. Well, those people had those... They are well, those organizations. Yes, They're the yeah. brand. So the question is, President Barack Obama said, you know, make me do something. The gays made, made something happen, you know? And, and as a result, things happened for, for the the gay community, the LBGTQ uh, community, you have to make leadership mm. adhere to the things that you want to have happen. You have to hold them accountable. And I think we were so happy to have a black president that, you know, folks 
you know, were derelict in their duties in terms of what comes next. And the civil rights activists of the 50s and 60s always understood the end goal, which was to get things mm. accomplished. And from Thurgood Marshall with board, Brown versus the Board of Ed and all of the, you know, landmark decisions that happened under his watch to Martin Luther King with all of the Voting Rights Act right. acts that, uh, that transpired. Yeah. After everything you just said, explain to our audience why you switched, you know, what's coming. Come on. <laughs> you became a Republican. I've been a Republican for a very long time. Okay, so explain uh, it. Well, because uh, as we do this program, it appears, and again, it's later after, say Donald Trump is the nominee, mm -hmm. you're going to vote for Donald Trump? Hell no. No, I will you not. You said you're Republican. So what? Uh, you know, this is, a, this is the other thing. Labels, how do they define us? You know, are you a Catholic? What are you? You know I'm, what I'm saying? I'm Roman Catholic. Right, okay, but why? Because I grew up Roman Catholic, right, I believe right, in the right, Catholic right. Church, and you can ask me, I believe right. in every aspect of what comes out of the Vatican, the answer would be no. Exactly. And I think a lot of us have these false labels that we place on ourselves, and labels mean nothing to me. So the fact that I'm a Republican doesn't mean anything in terms of how I'm going to vote or whether I choose to vote a certain way or another. I think we become too wedded to ideology and not wedded to what it really means to be an American and what it means to serve our community and what it means to, to actually vote with a purpose. So my, my becoming a Republican and my push with my Party of Lincoln, by the way, we have an app. Yeah, that Party you of can Lincoln. Go, Party of Lincoln, you can download it in the Apple Store. Lincoln and, and Trump remind you of each other? No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> and that's the point. I'm so, sorry. So here's, and I'm glad you asked because the Tea Party did something tremendous that, that I was jealous of because you took like maybe a couple of million people uh, with a don't tread on me hat and mm. some tea bags and they, they shifted an entire party. Not a lot of people. They shifted an entire party, moved it away from this fiscal responsibility thing to this whole social, we hate all these people thing. And I said, well, if two million people can do that, what could four million people do? Mm. Could we shift the party back to the party of Lincoln? Could we shift the party back to, uh, to a, a, an inclusive body of, of folk that actually care about this country in a way that Lincoln's platform did? Yeah, I think we can. So the party of Lincoln was launched with that kind of mentality. What could we do? Could we shift the party back to where it needs to be? Hillary but you can't Clinton. shift it if you're not in it, right? I hear Hillary Clinton, you telling me that you feel that she understands everything you just said and she is the candidate who you say represents the interests of you and other African Americans who want the things that you're talking about? You telling mm -hmm. me that? No, I'm not telling you that, nor would I tell you that. Uh, but what I will tell you is that Donald Trump absolutely does not represent that. Ted Cruz absolutely does not represent that. Let's assume and, this airs after and, yeah. and so it is Trump so and Clinton. Donald Let's Trump. assume that okay. for a second. Okay. Donald Trump definitely doesn't represent that. So if, if, you know, I hate the lesser of two evils, again, I vote with a purpose. For me right now, it's the Supreme Court. We're looking at definitely one seat being filled. At least. Possibly two or three, right? If, if you know, unless somebody did a deal with the devil or they're vampires. Uh, so, so do I want a Republican to choose the next three Supreme Court justices? And what would that change for me and my community? Uh, that's a big deal. So I don't really care. It's not about Hillary Clinton as much as it is about preserving or, or galvanizing the things that I think are mm. important as, as it relates to the Supreme Court, which is an equal branch of government sure. that we don't pay much attention to. Do you like Hillary to. Clinton? Do I like her? I do don't you, know her. Do you trust her? I don't trust anybody. You trust her motives? I don't trust any of them. What does that mean? Because I think they're politicians. They what all, does that mean? They that, that, they're human beings. They're, they're running beings for, Are they different are from the rest of us? Yeah, they are. Because most of us, most of us uh, don't run with the... <laughs> most of us don't run for office. I think it's a special type of person that's going to run for office. You think they're that different? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think they're wired differently. 
I think, and, and I think once you get under the ether of that, it becomes intoxicating. I think it's, you know, you become somewhat of a megalomaniacal type of person. You know, you can become a little power hungry. I think, um, I think a lot of things are, are folk. But again, it's up to we the people to mm -hmm. hold those folk accountable and tell them what we want. And we haven't done a good job of, of that. Man yet. left, what's at stake in this election and after? Supreme Court's at stake for me. Uh, the soul of this country's at stake. You know, who we're going to be in the future. Right now, we look very ugly to ourselves and to the world. And I think, you know, if we're being honest, do we represent all of the things that, you know, the, the Constitution says, you know, we should be thinking about considering, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all people being created equally, uh, you know, equal justice under the law, all these wonderful ideals that the Founding Fathers, even if they did not believe them, mm. wrote them into the Constitution as an aspiration? Are we living up to that aspiration as people?